it's the it's us appearing in your podcast feed the longest anyone's ever had to wait to hear us since this podcast started (laughs) which is wild that that's true yeah so uh i guess just getting right into it hi i'm i'm matthew i'm alex and Jake's not here. Jake, um, Jake got a new fancy job, and he's a busy boy. Uh, and uh, so, in the meantime, while Jake is figuring out his schedule, Matt and I are going to record a series of of bonus episodes. Um, we do have an idea for a series. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how long it's going to go for, but uh, we're we're thinking we'll we'll adjust slightly, maybe switch to an every other week schedule. Um, you know, there'll be shorter episodes. It'll be a bit more casual, a little less strict than our our big bracket format. Yeah, um, this is the uh, instead of the tough cut, instead of making hard choices. Ooh, yeah. What's it gonna be? Um, it's gonna be like a casual watch. This is this is the casual cut. Yeah, it's the casual cut. It's the 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 Sunday night movie. It's the I don't know. We're just hanging out for a couple of weeks. We're just hanging out, yeah. And Jake's great, though. We're we hope he'll be back soon. Um, but in the meantime, this is what you got. Yeah. So this is episode 115 of the Tough Cut podcast. Episode one of the Casual Cut. Of the uh, Casual Cut. And <laughs> basically, Alex and I started chatting. Um, What's a movie series that neither of us have seen that like people know and love and we can kind of dive into and take a bit of a stroll through. And um, lo and behold, we found out neither of us have seen any of the John Wick movies. That's right. Not none of us have seen the movie. I had vague ideas of what it was. Um, and I'm curious to know, like, what you knew about it as well. The extent of my knowledge was he's getting revenge for his dog, and that was like everything I knew. Um, I- I'm curious how much you knew going in. Yeah, so we'll still do the the little introy thing here. John Wick released in 2014, directed by Chad Stileski. Apologies on the pronunciation there. Uh, Keanu Reeves as John Wick is the man who you call to kill the boogeyman and um he just kills a bunch of guys <laughs> uh it's a it's a very fun movie what i what did i know coming into this is exactly what you said literally the only thing i've absor- absorbed through cultural osmosis about this series is that he is dog gets killed and he goes and kills the guys who kill his dog <laughs> and that is all i know of the f- four movies that exist I think there are four. Yeah. So yeah. Same for me. Just came out. Um, so getting the opportunity to sit down and jump into this series. I also knew that like pretty action oriented, like known for it's like gunfights. Like that's what. Oh, yes. Love I knew that series. as well. Yeah. Um, getting to watch this. I had a really, really good time with it. It's so good. I'm so excited to watch this series. I think like what. What surprised me the most was that, like, okay, I knew the whole premise is, like, he's getting revenge for the guy on the guys who killed his dog, right? And I knew that. But I didn't realize, like, just how effective it would be at, like, emotionally investing you in the dog, you know? 
Like, the beginning is so sad and heartbreaking, and then the dog is so cute and so heartwarming, and it's like, he's just coming around on it when those guys kill it. Oh, man. It's... Yeah. It, it's, it's effective. A, it's a really effective, and I was actually surprised that it's basically like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Like, they waste no time endearing you to this dog. So I can only imagine if I had sat down in 2014 in theaters to see this movie and then have the dog die without knowing that's where it was going mm -hmm. would have been destroyed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, that's crazy. This so, movie rocked. So that that's like the the central thesis here is that like the action choreography. I knew that that's what people liked about it, but actually getting to see it. Um, it's pretty remarkable. Like, yeah, they do it really well. Um, it is and not I, full. Go ahead. I feel like they're dynamic too. Like none of them feel the same. Like when the guys are breaking into his house to kill him versus when he's in the nightclub versus like the shootout in the parking lot. Like it all feels really different. It's really cool. Yeah, and they're also, like, dynamic action scenes. So it's yeah. it, there's always, like, something that happens to create a complication or that makes it a little bit more interesting. You know, it's taking place all in the dark. Like, it's a home invasion. It's taking place in that parking lot, and he gets slammed with a car. Like, there's there's always, like, the the dynamic addition to the scene that's going to create some kind of complication. Um, even, like, and I, I feel like that's a trend that runs through a lot of this movie, you know, John Wick's getting strangled. He's fighting back and Willem Dafoe hero assassin just <laughs> domes a guy like I, I feel like the dynamic nature of this film is, is really central to what makes it work. Yeah, totally, totally. With that said, though, I hesitate to say that this is a movie that's light on story or plot. The, the film it really reminds me of and how it approaches its storytelling is actually Pig, if that makes sense. Yes, I had the exact same feeling. Even like a super high-level plot piece, guy goes back into the world he left behind to save a beloved pet or to, you know, in relation to a beloved pet. And through the course of his, like, re-entry, you learn more about his background and the world and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. 100%. Um, which is, go ahead. It, it's interesting because you still feel like you're getting a lot of information because it's like very slowly teasing out the backstory, but it doesn't actually need to provide much ongoing context or change in the current narrative because the twists and turns come from things that happened in the past, like learning about relationships and dynamics and things. I actually, like, love the world building of this movie. Yeah, it's super good. And it's done super, super naturalistically <laughs> in a similar way to Pig. Like, John Wick knows about all this stuff. Like, yeah. they are presupposing the character knows about it, so they're not wasting time explaining it. Um, and it gets to, like, endear you to what, what are essentially some really interesting choices. Like, the existence of the Continental, this, like... Mm -hmm organization slash hotel for assassins that has like really strict rules um it's just like a it's just super cool like i was nerding out over like you know 
like the what the value of a coin is you see that john wick first they set it up has so many of these you're like oh these gold coins he's just like i don't know traded out all his money for gold <laughs> and then you find out that these are like a direct currency used by this organization and like what the value of a single one of them is it like naturally like recontextualizes information about the character it's so cool yeah it's really cool did you see they actually released a trailer somewhat recently i think for a movie that's just a prequel story about the creation of the hotel and the guy that he meets that's that like runs the hotel it's uh no i did not see that that is yeah um, so continuing to stay relevant the uh the the casual cut podcast this movie's great i feel like the way it like introduces characters um it it does all of this stuff where you know you'll meet someone before you know the context of them and I feel like a lot of movies, in the way that they introduce you to characters, they do so so that way you immediately know like who they are, their like vibe and all that. I feel like this movie, because of the way they frame the assassins and the way they frame John's relationship to everyone, like the other assassin in the hotel, like uh, I can't remember any of their names, uh, but the way he like says hi to people or the bartender or the like other guy who gets killed by the uh, assassin, like when he's like watching her for John, you know, like all this stuff is like approached with such a casual manner. And then they every time reaffirm like, wait, no, these are assassins. Like these are highly skilled, like dangerous people. Um, it's very fun. The couple of quick ones I'll throw out is like, um, it's called a good whiskey in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um they got glenn levitt 18 they got some blantons um which i just think is like a nice touch i love just looking out for the whiskeys they include in movies um and the ones they opt to drink in this one is just a lot of fun and then secondly related to the fight choreography there's clearly like i wish casual cut i wish i'd done a little bit more research on like the production of this and like who worked on the fight choreography etc because there's clearly a lot of care put into like the i don't know the handling of firearms and like tactical approaches um there's a little thing that um like i don't know swat etc are trained on when you're like in like enclosed interior environments called center axis relock where you keep your like a handgun close to you rather than like at arm's length and john wick does it constantly and it's like a little tale of like oh like this was clearly made by people who like care about thinking through how like a trained assassin would function in these various different environments like it's not just that there's really great fight choreography it's like actually thought out or you know composed well which is just really cool um and then also uh, a scene that i think really emblematizes a lot of the world building that i love or two of them the uh the speech from from vigo about who john wick is is like the most straightforward exposition we get in the entire film yeah. um and i just love the line of he's the guy who you call to kill the boogeyman that rocks that's such an awesome character description i bet that was like in the log line for the movie that's how they pitch it got it's so good and that cut to john wick um literally like Sim symbolically and literally unearthing this previous life by smashing his floor with a sledgehammer to pull his guns out yeah. is like such an incredible like uh, visual <laughs> metaphor i i 
I feel like I have thrown around like deceptively smart a lot. I don't think this movie's deceptively smart. I just think like people cared a lot about it. Yeah. And it shows. Yeah. I think it's very clear that like maybe the audience going to see it doesn't necessarily care about that, but the people who made it wanted to make sure it like stood the test of time in that sense. Yeah. So watching this movie almost 10 years later, it holds up. Um, and then the other scene I want to just briefly touch on, cause I think it's great is so the, the female assassin that took the bid to break the continentals rules and attempt to kill John wick Perkins, her execution, I think is just like a, such an incredible moment of world building in what is like, there's basically zero fanfare to it. It's just like, your membership to the Continental has been revoked and they shoot her in the head. Yeah. Um, just this movie does so much so effectively to like create a really interesting world. And the last thing I'll say on it is it reminds me a lot of like world building for like a, a tabletop role playing game. <laughs> um, as someone who runs a lot of TTRPGs and runs one shots, etc. Like this is like really effective naturalistic world building. And I just wish I could do more like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's super cool. It really is effective at showing you, only shows you scenes of, like, Vigo and characters in the Continental, like Perkins, for, like, explicit, important world building and context setting, um, where, like, everything with John is, you know, story, right, for the most part. Um, it, it's fascinating. It's so good. So with that, um, the two of us, as we said, have not seen any of the movies in this series. We're now one-fourth of the way in. John Wick 2. How does this movie set up a sequel? What do we think it's going to be about? What are some predictions here? What are we getting ourselves into? So here's what I'm dreading. Here's the elephant in the room, right? At the end of the movie, he gets another dog. I just have a terrible feeling. You know, like... I, I, I mean, I feel like it's going to happen again, right? Ha On some level, that is so funny to think about. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, we had a really good inciting incident. It's almost like a little wink and a nod at the audience, if that's what they go with. Yeah. Man, that'd be funny. Oh, but It'd be crazy. Be It'd be awful, but so funny. I think, like, I... Okay. So here's the question, though. Obviously, this one is terrible happenstance, right? Like, John is forced back into this life. Do we think he's back in it now? And he doesn't need another, like, strong reason to keep doing it? Do we think he's, like, trying to get out? Like, where do we, where do we think he is at the end of this movie? So I have a couple of thoughts. So since watching this, I've been thinking about the movie a little bit. And I think, firstly, I'm not entirely convinced they went into this with the expectation of making a sequel. Yeah feels like they felt like they wrapped things up really nicely and just had this like cool shot into the world. And that was kind of going to be it. Movie probably made quite a bit of money. It's popular, you know, cultural osmosis. I heard about little bits and pieces. I feel like where they leave John's character at the end of this film, I think they'll probably try and leverage some kind of personal relationship instead. <laughs> like, rather than just killing one with a dog like an old friend or like a, you know like they showed with Willem Dafoe's character he has a lot of close personal connections I feel like they're going to play some of that angle a little bit more um 
in maybe your second like one piece. of them needs his help or something because yeah I, I wonder if they'll like do the someone dies and it's a revenge story again or if it's like i think they'll make him more proactive interesting i i, I think the idea of an old friend needing help it kind of flips the table of like willem defoe steps in to help john wick here um and maybe what we're going to see like an inversion in. of that yeah yeah i think that's I, a really good idea that's fun i also think it's clear i guess especially they're making a tv show i think the continental is going to play play a huge role in like whatever that organization is yeah it's gonna be more fleshed out and and all that yeah so like you know <clears throat> maybe it's another member of the continental or maybe i don't know like we eventually build to you know we see perkins just get fucking executed by this organization they're immensely powerful amongst a world of highly trained assassins like what happens when you put john wick against the continental like Ooh. you know do we think that happens in two though that Not seems like a big load to to drop you know i feel like that's something they'll build towards eventually but that's been swimming around in my head of like if i was charting out where this was going to go from here like i maybe that's like the eventual end point um because that's like that's a big one um, but I think an old an old friend needing help, the inversion of the relationship, I think, is where is probably what incites the next one. Digging in more to the Continental is like a piece of the world. And then obviously, I think. Much, maybe not much like the Fast and Furious franchise, but I think um, <laughs> given that there's four of these, I think these will have to consistently escalate their like set pieces to do like we talked about some of the dynamic action being really important dynamic dynamic oh my god i can't say that word dynamicism sure we'll go with it um <laughs> being central to what like makes a lot of these action scenes and other scenes in this movie interesting i think that will continue to escalate and get bigger and bigger there'll be bigger complications there'll be like greater reason for something to not go well etc yeah i'm interested to see what some of the set pieces are and I guess also interested to see, you know, is it going to be based in another like New York City esque, or I guess it probably was New York City in like a yeah, because it's big the continental. Could be. It's not the Flatiron Building. It's the other one that looks like it. I don't fucking know. Um, and I live here. We don't um, have an architect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Like, I wonder if it's going to be set in this like big metro area again, or if it'll be like more spanning. Ooh. I'm curious to see, like, is it is it uncovering something like someone's being hunted and he needs to, like, figure out who's hunting and then hunt them? You know, like, I wonder if it like where it's going to be, what the mm. vibe is, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm. That's really let's plot. Let's should we try? We've got, I don't know, like 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes here. Should we try to plot out John Wick 2? Um, I think it picks up right after the first one. I think it's like he's at a funeral for Willem Dafoe, and mm. right, like I feel like if it's like the place to be, you know, I, I in especially because this one so early into its runtime, the first one, um, has Willem Dafoe meet John yeah. Wick at a funeral. I like the yeah. inversion of like the something similar happening again, like it's parallel storytelling. And it sets up really well this idea of John Wick being put in the shoes to be proactive and help someone he knows, which I really like. Um, okay. I, <laughs> at a funeral for Willem Dafoe, 
Maybe he brought the dog with him. <laughs> and I think there's someone else at the funeral who, like, pulls him aside this time. Or Willem Dafoe pulled him aside last time. But I think they they pull him aside, and they're like, John, I need your help. And he's like, I need to put, I need to get my dog home. Like, I can't help you. Like, I've got, I've got things to take care of. And he goes home. I've got this dog. And then the person, maybe the person follows him, or maybe the person, the people hunting them, like, follow, follow John. I think the dog dies. I think the dog has to die. It's the only way. It's what this series is built on. <laughs> I really think it's going to happen again. I'll, I'll, part of me thinks it won't happen yet. But I'll, I'll grant it to you. We'll include it in our version. <laughs> He's dragged back in, so it's, it, it still ends up being a revenge story. Yeah. Oh, that actually is a good point. They do not... I feel like we don't get many, like, solid, feel-good revenge stories. I feel like this is... You know, we talked about it with... Or I talked about it with Princess Bride a little bit, of, like, Inigo Montoya's revenge story is, like, a very rare story that, like, someone wants revenge and gets revenge and feels good about it. And I feel like we get that in this movie, and it's awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Sans getting brought back into the world of assassins that's likely going to continue his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, bad for him, but good for us, right? Yeah. And I do think he is emotionally in a better spot as a result of, result of it. The movie does seem to take a stance <laughs> that there is, in fact, an emotional catharsis that comes from killing people you hate, which yeah. we can't unpack right now. Well, it's really interesting. It really goes into the, like, Gandhi eye for an eye thing. But mm -hmm. then it, like, is also, like, yeah, but, like, it's not all bad, right? <laughs> hey, he gets a new so dog funny. out of it. Yeah, he gets a new dog, new car. True. So really, he's... <laughs> yeah, wait, did he get his old car back? Uh, I they feel don't... like he... They don't say. Yeah, they don't show it. I don't know. That's an, that's an interesting point. It, because it becomes less about, like, I'm going to go get my car back and more about, like, I'm going to ruin this person. <laughs> oh, and he does. And he does. So I think I feel like jumping to globe spanning is probably too big a scope for the too second big. one. I, agree. I think this is new locale, but it stays like gets pulled somewhere else. Um, trying to proactively help someone. I also think some that. There almost will be like a like an enemy from his, like it. I was going to say enemies to lovers, but I realized that's just my my crooked brain. <laughs> like a enemy to ally, like a like a, a a former opponent that um I don't know ends up like gaining back John's trust over the course of the film or something. Like I don't know. I really like. I feel like it's hard predicting this film because i don't know what the escalation like entire it's not entirely clear what type of escalation they're going to go for this one's going... really this guess is really a shot in the dark i feel like when we're going from two to three we'll have a well, much better, better idea. idea of like how the series is building and stuff yeah like do is in like do i think that john wick is going to continue to be like a one-man wrecking crew or is he going to have some like closer allies in through the second film like I, that makes sense as like a clear form of escalation but i don't know if that's the direction they want to go because it, i don't think know. i think it's just him like i think he's helping someone maybe and they're around but i think it's largely just him being a one-man wrecking crew because i feel like that's what was so good in the first one is you and you i get to meet you know 
the man you get to meet the everyone. Boogeyman. Well, and you get to see that like he is a step above, right? Like he is something else. Like there was a reason he is so feared, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we'll see him continuing to do that in an escalating fashion. Yeah, continuing to be like the one man wrecking crew. So, okay. I don't think we're going to have time to plot out. And I think we've come to this kind of conclusion that one to two, I feel like the first movie wrapped up not like fairly conclusively of like, this is a complete story. The second one, they're probably making, they make a bunch of money. They're like, oh, we've got absolute passion to keep making these. I think it'll be structurally somewhat similar to the first one. It's not going to jump the shark yet. I think pulled in like parallel storytelling of a, a friend Alex is certain the dog will die. I don't think he gets a, th- a third dog in this movie, though. I bet that happens in the third one. I it's think a, he a Fibonacci sequence of dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so where do you think this one ends, though? Like, I think this one probably sets up a third one more directly. I like the idea in thinking like, you know, rule of threes, that this one builds to a confrontation with the Continental. Like, Ooh. like maybe there's some big reveal at the end that like, I don't know. Oh, like the or, people secretly like actually manipulating the strings were like with the yeah. continental. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then like rule of threes, that third one f- chiefly focuses on like we're taking down the big fish now, you know? Wow. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Except like there's a idea. fourth one. Yeah, that's true. But so we'll see. <laughs> maybe, may, you know, maybe it's like. But like rule of threes, like maybe it was envisioned. They started plotting it out as a trilogy. And then I don't know. They did really oh, cool stuff. Yeah, Maybe then... maybe the third and fourth one is like a part one and two. Oh, that'd be sick. That'd be really cool. Either way. Um, any final thoughts, predictions? Now, I'm really staking a lot of money here on the dog dying again. That's your that's my big if you have one big prediction what's your one thing i really like the john is pulled in more proactively and is like an old friend is seeking help i like that yours is the dog dies what's your if you put a percentage on that i think i'm 75 percent, maybe 80 percent. the dog dies like i'm pretty sure i think it's gonna happen Probably about the same on my my prediction. Um, Dunwick's gonna kill a guy. Hundred oh, percent. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> what if he goes the Batman route and he's like, I can't kill anyone anymore? Maybe that's John Wick Four. I'm tired of killing. <laughs> I'm tired of killing. Um, and then his dog kills someone. And <gasps> then his dog kills someone, and he has to hunt down the dog. Honestly, the dog betrayed my dog. Betrayed me. If this movie doesn't pick up right where this one ends, I'm going to say about 45% chance the dog kills someone during the runtime. <laughs> so if they give time for the dog to have grown up, like, I'm, I'm feeling it. That would be so funny. Okay. Well, I'm happy with, with our predictions here. We'll see how we did next time yeah. on the casual cut. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed a little foray to something a little more just like, hey, we have a movie series we heard is good and just kind of want to watch it. No voting, <laughs> nothing crazy, just a little, you know, fun little ride here. Yeah, um, and if you want to watch along, uh, uh, 
I guess we should have said this at the beginning of the episode. Watch John Wick. And uh, before episode two comes out in two weeks, John, watch John Wick too. And don't send us any spoilers. I literally know nothing of the second, third, fourth movies. Same. I guess I, I have one scene. Um, I don't even have that. All I know is that Keanu Reeves is in them. I have one scene, but I don't know which movie is from. <laughs> um, so uh, I look forward wow. to seeing it and I get to point at the screen and go, I've seen that on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. Um, rate and review the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pod. Um, I don't know. The writers and SAG strike is still ongoing. So say you don't like the studios, but love the movies. I don't know. Um, what else do I say? It's been literally, again, the longest we've ever gone without recording an episode. And I feel like my brain doesn't know how to do this anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, and watch John wick two along with us for next week or two weeks from now. Something like that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. How do we, how do we close this out, Matt? What's, what's the last thing we always end with? We play like a softer version of our. Don't make me make new music. Don't okay, make me okay, make new music, kidding. Matt. I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> the tough, the casual cut is canceled. <laughs> no, sorry guys, no episode until Jake's coming back. <laughs>